Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, today we're talking about how my guest figured out how to cool down with breathable sleepwear for night sweats in menopause. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again. Okay, now you know how I love a good story about how an amazing woman in the middle figured out what she really wanted to do when she grew up, and that's what you're going to hear today. And you're going to hear one more thing, too. The craziest thing that ever happened to me while actually recording a podcast episode happened on this one. (laughs) So I thought I'd leave it in. It's kind of one of those behind the scenes mishaps that makes things a little more interesting as a podcast listener. (laughs) Now, Dee Dee, my Quaker parrot, was also very entertained during this interview and she was making a lot of noise and I had to move her, but I edited that out. But as, as it turns out, she's sitting next to me right now for a variety of reasons. I can't get her to her other cage in the quieter part of the house. So she's here. So I hope she's not too noisy. She's making lots of little noises, but (laughs) we'll just cross our fingers. Anyway, I'm so excited for you to hear uh, from my guest today. But just quick, before we get going, I want to invite you to have a fun and meaningful way to get some solid clarity and excitement around your vision for your future or even for next year. In fact, I think this will actually put you on the road to creating some midlife magic. And you'll do that with a powerful combination of coaching and a vision board that actually works. Now, I know when you're stuck in a midlife funk, feeling confused and unclear about what's next, it can be hard to even imagine what might be on the other side of your funk. So that is why I want to offer an easy way to start moving in that exciting direction that's uniquely yours. You can give yourself the forward momentum you need in the form of a Midlife Vision Board coaching pack. It is two private coaching calls around how you're going to create what you really want in your life with a vision board kit and a strategy that really works. If you're interested, head over to my website at susierosenstein.com forward slash shop or susierosenstein.com and click on the podcast tab and you'll see the summary notes for this show, episode 334. This is a totally fun way to start doing something about what you know will make you happier. Okay, now let's get started with this whole idea of what one amazing woman's journey looked like in entrepreneurship to create a nightgown that helps you sleep better when you're dealing with night sweats in menopause. First, a brief disclaimer, the information shared in this podcast is intended for your convenience, entertainment, and education and isn't geared to your personal situation. It's not a replacement for care or advice from your own medical professional. So as always, you may have some things you want to follow up on. So please seek a suitable professional to advise you on your personal situation. All right. Now, my guest today is Kathy Rust. In 2020, Kathy launched her business, Cool Your Sweats, a sleepwear line dedicated to helping women who suffer from chronic night sweats get their sleep back. You're going to hear a story about how she used her background in green building materials to find the right fabric to help her sleep more comfortably, and also how she wanted to help others suffering from night sweats sleep better too. While researching fabric, 
she learned that what we're often told to wear to stay cool is not suitable for hot flashes and night sweat sufferers. And in fact, that cotton is one of the worst fabrics to wear at night. She could tell there was a gap in the marketplace and lots of misinformation. Kathy also knew she could help, so she started her business Cool Your Sweats completely from scratch. She wants women dealing with this common problem in menopause to say goodnight to night sweats with all her all-natural, effective sleepwear. The rest is history. I know you're going to get a lot out of this interview, so please enjoy. Hi, Kathy. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, Susie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Well, you are another guest that I met online, and I love meeting cool people online, and you are a cool person. So let's dive in. I mean, who knew that fabrics were cool? But they are. (laughs) Pun intended. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, you know, I love to know kind of how you got where you are. So can you start by telling us a little bit about what was going on for you in your 40s? And when did you start to look to make a change? Uh, well, that's a really good question. Um, I have a, a bit of a checkered past, mm, pun or no pun, that's up to you. <laughs> I love puns. Take it so, away. Uh, so I um, had three kids and by my, my youngest was born in 2000. So I was 37. Um, I spent um, my entire 40s, mostly in hockey arenas, soccer fields, baseball diamonds, schools. I was on volunteer committees at schools. It was my full-time job. And, um, you know, I I really, I did enjoy it. I love meeting the moms and and working with them. And my guilty pleasure was playing tennis. So so that was my, what my break was uh, playing tennis. Um, and then the rest of the time. So, you know, obviously I was very lucky. I was fortunate that my husband could support the family and I could look after the kids. And that really was my full-time job. So by 2005, um, our daughter was five years old. I really, really, really wanted to do something for my brain. And um, I had a friend, Nancy Peterson, and she asked if I would do some writing for her around um, green building. And um, she started a website called Homestars dot com. And uh, I was one of her first employees and I came on board and I started writing about green building. And one of the reasons that she asked me to write was because I just finished doing a renovation of our kitchen and I wanted to keep it as low impact on the environment as possible. I have a master's degree in political science and environmental studies, and I've always been very Uh, aware of um, some of the environmental havoc that we are doing to our planet. And even though it's, there's almost no way to avoid it, I want to do as little damage as possible. That's just me. Um, So that was how I got started. And from there, it sort of snowballed into um, a real passion for green building and learning about green building materials and green building techniques. I stayed on at Homestars for four years And then I started my own green building blog. And uh, I really wanted to help people, especially in the Toronto area, um, learn about what green building materials were, why they were important, how to use them, where to buy them, all that sort of stuff. And it developed a really good following. So um, what what year was this again? 
This was, by the time I established the blog, it was 2009. So it was so kind of I, early in terms of what yeah. our awareness and our interest in this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so because of that, and also, I mean, when Nancy asked me to come on board, she said, I'd really like you to um, write our blog. And I said, great, no problem. What's a blog? Because <laughs> no, one, no, one, no one knew what a blog was in those days. Right. <laughs> Hilarious. So I became uh, very adept at writing a blog because, because, um, a, I, I, it was early days. It was the wild frontier. I really helped establish um, search engine optimization for Homestars at that time, creating her blog and developing it. And, and it was really fun. I'd go out and I'd interview all kinds of clients and um, homeowners and, and talk about what, what the materials were, who the plumbers, the electricians, all that sort of stuff. So when I moved on to my own blog, I started it on WordPress and I created the name. It's still up there to this day, although not as well looked after. It's called becgreen.ca. And uh, it's a terrible, it's a terrible name. <laughs> so, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. And it, it's me. It means the butterfly effect company. That was the BEC. And the whole idea was small changes can provide big results. So anyway, the point is I learned a lot while I was doing that. And those skills that I learned blogging have helped me out in so many ways. You don't even know how things are going to help when you go through your life and your career. Kathy, I'm so glad you said this. And first of all, can you hear the bird? Because I, oh, you haven't? Okay. Because she hears us talking, Dee Dee, and then she starts chiming in. So if it happens one more time, I will move her to another room. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, she, she thinks you're interesting. So she's chiming in. <laughs> anyway, I'm so glad that you said that about a blog. A blog is something that I talk to uh, my clients about who are entrepreneurs all the time, because it doesn't seem as sexy as doing other things like podcasts and interviews and things like that. But a blog establishes your foundational content and it's searchable. And if you can like really work on that, it also helps you find your voice and help you figure out what it is you want to share about the stuff that you're talking about. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. I learned all about blogging, how to do it. Um, I was early in, so I think I started this other blog, um, BEC Green, um, in 2010, right in January 2010. So because I was so early, I established a presence throughout North America really, really fast. The problem is you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know that I was actually quite successful because I had nothing to compare it to. <laughs> so because of that, I didn't realize how much more I could do with it. So I, it was a lost opportunity for me. And to this day, there's a bit of regret not really pursuing it as as aggressively as I could have. I actually didn't know how to pursue it. I didn't know what to do. Now I have an idea. I could do affiliate links and I could, um, uh, you know, um, promote um, green building materials and services, all that sort of stuff. That I'm going to park that whole idea. It's in the back of my head because what's happened is I, I sort of continued doing blogs for other people. We moved from 
Toronto to Montreal in 2011. And I really lost the momentum with that blog because not being in Toronto, it was very difficult to promote Toronto-based services and Toronto-based um, green building materials. Even though you can do all of this stuff online, there's just something about being in the city that you are promoting that makes it easier. Ooh. One second. A bird just crashed into the window. <laughs> oh my God. He looks okay. I have a whole article on bird-friendly oh, buildings. It was a hawk. <laughs> There he is. Oh, my God. What kind of bird is it? I think it's a I I think it's a Cooper's hawk. It doesn't look like a red tail hawk. <gasps> yeah, a hawk. Yes. Could oh, it yeah. have could it it couldn't have heard Dee Dee. No, no. We have trouble with these windows and I'm constantly making things to help them not crash into it. We're on a ravine. So yeah. it reflects trees so i've got feathers and decals and all kinds of things but that was really loud because it was a big bird wow yeah so i i write a lot about birds and uh, windows so there are all kinds of strategies you can use for that like even in terms of putting some shrubs outside uh because the shrubs will actually attract them and they will be less likely to go into the window i don't know if that well, helps you know what? Thank you for sharing that. Um, I really appreciate that because I am so, I'm such a bird lover. Yeah. We do. I mean, the hawk was probably looking to feed off the birds, the doves at my bird feeder, probably, because unfortunately that happens too. And I've purchased reflective ribbon recently because I know that really helps at the cottage. It does. Yeah. That yeah. reflective metallic ribbon is so great. Anyway, let's carry on because that was so... Scare again, I couldn't hear it. You didn't hear the bang? No. This microphone must really just be so, so good at isolating mm -hmm. um close sound because I'm only like three feet from the window. And so that was that was very startling. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we're back now. So once we moved here, I I kind of transitioned into working for other people and helping other people with their um, SEO, search engine optimization, and their social media strategy, and um, uh, just their backend blogging. And, and so I did some consulting work in the environment, working it with environmental insurance, but I really job hopped a lot while we were wait, here. Wait a minute, what is, what's, what's environmental insurance? Oh, okay. So um, this actually works with my background in environmental policy. And I was working with a group that wanted to sell their uh, wholesale insurance company and they wanted to sell environmental insurance to municipalities within Quebec. So I had to work partly in French and partly in English. My French is decent. It's not that good to work in insurance in French because the vocabulary is quite sophisticated and I sound like a complete dolt. So, <laughs> so, so it was, it was a challenge, but I did, I was fortunate. They were, they were good. They said, just write your business plan in English and we'll get it translated. And it's like, okay, that, that helps. So I helped them develop a, um, an environmental insurance program for municipalities. 
So it was looking at things like flooding and um, municipal waste and um, toxic materials, that sort of thing. How much would it cost? Why would a municipality want to do it? All that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was really interesting. Okay. That is interesting. Okay. So now you're, you're getting closer to 50 at this point, right? I'm just 50. Okay. So So, I know in your notes that you noticed that in your mind, you were really starting to want things to be a little bit more about you and your whole family life and not as much about being, you know, just so everybody else is before me focused. This, this urge to be finally first in a way was becoming louder and louder. And that is something I hear from so many women. 50 is so jarring and it's not all bad. It's a bit of a wake up call sometimes for, um, for us in so many ways. So what was it like it for, for you to just really start to settle into this idea that it was Uh, Kathy? I laugh because it, it was, it was about me. Um, and it wasn't about me the way I intended. So (laughs) I intended to go back to work full time and, um, help my kids be independent and, you know, and really make it all about, no, this is the me decade because I've got a really good decade here where I am going to advance in my career, become an independent person. Um, It's not that I didn't want to be a part of my family. I just, in that old Shirley Valentine way, I feel like I'd lost a bit of sense of self. That was all. Yeah. And, you know, I saw that movie when I was in my late 20s. It's still, I think about it all the time because it's such a great movie about a woman and, and losing her identity. And I feel that that is what happened, not necessarily to me, but my identity was melded in with my families. And that's okay for a lot of people. It wasn't necessarily okay for me. At this, and, It wasn't okay for you at this point. It used to be more okay, right? It's so fascinating yeah. just how yeah. we, we change. And, and I love that. I mean, about growing older, you're growing. You're not just getting older, you're growing older. Yeah, go on. Sorry about that. No, no, you're right. And, and so the, the, (laughs) the problem is, is that yes, the 50s was about me, but not the way I wanted it to be. So I ended up having huge health issues, huge health issues. Mm. Um, And those health issues have really kept me being limiting my work ability. And so what happened was um, I fell and had a concussion at the age of 49. I was skiing and I went backwards and um, smashed my head. I was wearing a helmet, but a helmet doesn't stop your brain from moving back and forth. And I crossed my tips and I went backwards and no one saw me. So I I went boom, 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 boom. And anyway, the, the fallout of that concussion was that I was basically in bed for the first six months um, <gasps> of 2012 until June. I would get up, I'd do one thing, and I'd have to go back to bed. It was awful. It was wow. awful. Plus, we had just moved here in August of 2011, so I did not have a network. I had no family here, and I had a few very, very kind souls take pity on me and help me out. And, and, but it was, it was really hard because my kids, they're just new to Montreal as well. And they don't have big friend groups. Now kids fit in a lot better than adults do, but 
I mean, even our oldest, he came in, he was going into grade 11 and it's a hard, it's actually the last year of high school here in Quebec. So it was a hard year for him. They have different qualifications for graduating in hindsight, probably moving here at that time was not, was not maybe the smartest move, but we did it and in, and everybody's fine now, but it was a really, really tough year Add a concussion in there and it becomes even more challenging. So um, uh, anyways, once that happened, of course, that took me out of commission for working, even working in Toronto remotely. So that all happened. But then from there, the lingering results were migraines. And I had terrible migraines, and they only got worse as menopause and perimenopause started setting in. So by 2016, I had, I counted in the month of July, I had 15 migraines in the month of July, which is every other day. And it was, and 2015 was just as bad. I just, it was only when I went to my doctor and I was not suffering in silence. I, I actually sought out help from every naturopathic doctor and um, a neurologist, um, my GP, you name it. It's like, I'll try alternative. I'll try regular. You just get these migraines solved. So it was it was really, really, really tough and no one could put it together how to stop them. And then I was just I I'd eliminated dairy, I'd eliminated gluten, I'd eliminated coffee, I'd eliminated alcohol, and they still just kept coming and coming and coming. So finally, I was just about to use a prophylactic called Amovig. It was new on the market in, in Canada in 2016. And um, you uh, punch yourself with one of those EpiPen type things once a month in in the thigh. Just, I I got the prescription and suddenly I saw light at the end of the tunnel and the migraine started subsiding. Really? Yeah. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to wait. And then they recommend it only if you have 15 or more a month. And I was down to 12 months because I used a migraine tracking journal. And my doctor had said, try that, see what's affecting it. And, and so I did. And my migraines kept descending. It's like, oh, they're, they're getting better. So I think as my estrogen levels were going down and, and balancing out with the progesterone, um, everything was getting better and the migraines were decreasing. The neurologist said it was probably a combination of the concussion with menopause, perimenopause that was causing the sort of the accentuated levels of migraines. I never had a migraine in my life. Wow. So yeah, it was terrible. Wow. With that many migraines and that much of a disruption, um, it sounds like you were exhausted, frustrated, overwhelmed, disappointed. Like I'm just everything, everything it was. And then on top, uh, top of that, when you have migraines, imagine three kids who are all in their teens and the oldest plays the drums. The middle one is a rock star playing electric guitar and singing. And the youngest plays her trumpet. And this is going on all weekend long with me in bed with a migraine. I mean, (laughs) I I live with a drummer. I mean, he moved out now, but it's tough, man. I mean, I love everybody. And I, I played saxophone. So I grew up, everybody in my family played band instruments. I totally get it. I mean, I'm so happy they found music and I love that they express themselves with music. But as somebody else living in the house is very challenging. I am I can't even imagine having a migraine and dealing with that uh I don't want to call it noise, but let's just say loud music. 
Oh yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, and that's the thing I was, um, I was a musician growing up as well and I wanted them to play music. It's just, I never knew it would affect me. I, I, I didn't care that they played. I just, I couldn't leave the house because I was, I had these blinding headaches, but I couldn't get out of, it was anyway, just oh, not a great situation. That's terrible. I that's, that's terrible. I'm sure everybody listening is going, Oh my God. But I know that um, also you mentioned that once the migraine started to settle down, you kind of came out of the fog, but then you had to deal with night sweats. It's like the plagues. (laughs) You know, the thing is, again, and this is a lot of it is related to menopause. My mother never suffered. I was we you and I are of the generation that we are still on the you don't complain about it. You just suck it up and you move on. I really believe that the generation below us, they're a lot better because they're saying, I'm not suffering with this. Why in the world would I suffer with this misery? And I say more power to you. Don't be dumb like our generation and suck it up and stay silent because the misery that I went through. And then the weird thing is, is that you you go for a walk with a friend and you're in and you're coming out of the migraine fog and that. So I had a reprieve for maybe a year where I, I, you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't getting very many migraines and I could manage them. And, um, and so I was good. And then um, the night sweats set in. And at first it was like one when I was going to bed and one when I was waking up and it's like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. That's, that's fine. That's kind of weird because I finished menopause a year earlier and uh, I thought, why, why am I getting these now? And the thing is, is that women like me who don't want to know what menopause is all about, because it means you're getting old. This is the way it goes in your brain. And um, and so I did not look into all of the menopause symptoms. And I had this illogical thought that because I am generally a healthy person, menopause will not affect me. Isn't that so funny? It was one of these thoughts that didn't even seem like a problematic thought. You probably felt noble or strong or resilient as a result of thinking that way. So to even be able to find a thought that you don't even think is a problem, you're not really feeling anything related to that type of thinking directly, so confusing. And then you identified that thought and you see that it led you in this direction off to the right where you're not solving for your health problem at all. It's so funny, but you're right about the way we grew up not thinking about menopause, not talking about it, not thinking about it. It's It was really um, not there. And then even depending on the age of your doctor and the sensitivity, or uh, I don't even know what it would be with the doctors, why some ask and help you with this stuff and why some don't, I don't know. <laughs> but it really is not... It's a funny part of your life because we're so overachieving and accomplished and curious about so many other things. But for many of us, menopause didn't hit the radar. And a lot of this other stuff going on, it's easier to think, oh, it's the concussion. Oh, it's the migraine. Oh, uh, and you don't put all the pieces together. There were two or three winters where my skin was so itchy. I was just, uh, it was... It's like you have poison ivy over and over again, especially on my shins. Wow. And just scratching away until I'm basically drawing blood. And then it turns out itchy skin is a menopause symptom. 
I didn't know that all of these things that I found out later, because I didn't, I, I will admit it, I did not want to know I am vain enough to think I'm not getting old, I will get old, gracefully, I will get old, healthy, there won't be any problems. I don't know where I got this idea. My mom is super healthy. She never talked about menopause. She is uh, an amazing, energetic, vibrant woman. We call her the Energizer Bunny. And um, and so she never talked about it because she never had any of those symptoms. I just assumed I wouldn't have them either. And I was totally wrong. I had tons of them. <laughs> oh, well, it's so funny. Well, it's funny and it's not funny, but we're interesting as humans. And uh, a couple of episodes ago, I featured um, one of the co-authors of a book called Taking Care of You. And it's a women's empowerment, like health equity, health awareness, women's empowerment type of book that should be on every woman's bookshelf. Because you're right. It's not just about menopause. It's about all these other health issues that have, uh, it's very relevant that you're a female experiencing whatever it is. And it's a book that really ties all that stuff and makes you more equipped to ask great questions and and everything. Yeah. So I'll put the link to that episode as well, yeah, but it please. was episode 300, Taking okay. Care of You. It's available at everywhere and proceeds go to the Mayo Clinic. Um, yeah. Excellent yeah. book. So there's nothing wrong with you, except that there were some things wrong with you. And I guess now we all have um, to thank you for being so... Uh, I don't know, overwhelmed and consumed with night sweats that you did something about it. So what happened next? So, uh, so, all right. So night sweats are going on. They're making me miserable, totally sleep deprived. Go in. I talked to my doctor finally about something else. God knows what it was. Um, and just kind of like, oh, by the by, I'm having these terrible night sweats. I'm not sure if there's anything that can be done about them. Because of course, I didn't want to know. I didn't do the research. I didn't go on to Dr. Google and find out what Dr. Google said. Um, and so it's just a, in passing. And she said, she said, well, if you're having bad night sweats, and, and she's young, she's open minded, and she's a great doctor, I really, I really uh, have a lot of respect for her. And she said, Start and she said, "Did you know that night sweats are or can be related to um, lifestyle, uh, menopause-related night sweats? They are they can be triggered by certain lifestyle um, issues." And I said, "No, I didn't know that." And she said, "Yep." She said, "I'd like you to use a journal and find out." And she gave me the common causes of night sweats triggers. So she said, "Keep a journal, find out what might be causing it, that sort of thing." So I started that and she said, I'm going to try you on, on hormone replacement therapy and we'll see how you do. And I said, okay. And you know, the, the hormone replacement therapy, and of course I didn't know a lot about it then. I just knew my mother had a hysterectomy um, when she was 37 and my grandmother did as well. And so maybe I shouldn't be on it. And she said, no, everything is fine. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And she did my history and all sort of stuff. So Anyway, the problem was that HRT, yes, it did help my alleviate my night sweats. However, um, it also gave me migraines. So, (laughs) so I had to go off, I had to go off the HRT and, um, that was really annoying as you can imagine. And even with the HRT, I did not entirely get rid of the night sweats. And as I started doing more research, it turns out that not everybody is going to get rid of those night sweats who get them as severely as I do. Then you start talking to people because women 
eventually start chatting. It's not something you bring up all the time, but maybe you are on a walk with a friend and you say, oh my God, I'm so tired. I can barely keep my eyes open. The night sweats are killing me. And then your friend says, oh, I have them too. And then you start realizing, oh, wait, we're just not telling each other about all of our menopause issues. And then you'll say I'm some, to someone else, sorry, could you repeat that? I, I couldn't pay attention because I'm so tired. I'm off dreaming in the back of my head, that kind of thing. And more and more women you would talk to and they would have them too. So to me, that was kind of like a bit of an aha moment. Oh, we all have these issues, but no one's actually talking about them. So so you if you park that and then you go to the pandemic 2020 and um, suddenly I no longer have my main job, which is helping a company with uh, manage their website and I was okay to let that go. Um, they merged with a larger company, so they didn't need my services anymore. I was actually happy because it was really something just to keep me busy. So I had this open book where I could decide what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And Beautiful. I was happy. Yeah. Yes and no. It's scary too. Of right? course. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? You have this open slate. I figured I'm too old to go and work in a nine to five job. So instead, I thought. I wouldn't mind working in a small business or a startup or something where I could have casual, flexible hours. Um, and then I contemplated just retiring, just, you know, maybe I'll just go off and volunteer and play some bridge and play tennis. And just saying those words made me want to fall asleep. So um. I just thought I can't, it's not, I didn't have a demanding enough job when my kids were little to feel so burnt out that I needed that. I needed to do something more for me because I ended up spending the majority of my fifties looking after my health instead. Of yeah. But you know, what's, on you know what's interesting too, about what you were just saying that you did try on these ideas, kind of like trying on a dress. You tried on the idea of playing tennis and and, you know, volunteering. And a lot of people do find a lot of fulfillment for finally yes. focusing on skill development in a hobby or a sport. And also, that's why I call um, in my coaching work, in my community, I call the career chunk professional contribution because volunteerism can become very meaningful. Yes. And, uh, and we show up very professionally when we give back that way. But I love that you tried them on and then you were able to connect with these other thoughts you had that you're not ready for that. That doesn't feel right. No, feel it, right. So, so what yeah. felt right? So, uh, so the pandemic sort of put some borders around my opportunities and possibilities. And, you know, and so when, when that happened, I thought about starting an online business and I took a course in online, in online businesses. And I, I knew that I had to sell something meaningful. It was really important that whatever I sold, it had meaning, it solved a problem, it provided a solution to a pain point. I wanted to help people. I wanted to provide a product that was necessary and I wanted to do it in as environmentally conscious way as is possible. So those were all of the, the criteria. And I talked to my husband a lot about this and he was really encouraging and supporting and said, you know, he said, you're not the kind of person who can just go and sell um, home decor. You can enjoy it. Someone else can do that, for, you know, and you can buy theirs, but you 
you can't do that. And he was right. I cannot, I cannot do that. I have to be able to sleep at night, pardon the pun, knowing that I am. You're enjoying puns on this episode. It's great. My family's very punny. So this is lovely. Go ahead. (laughs) So I, so I, so while I'm doing this, while I'm looking at all of this stuff, I'm still miserable with night sweats. They are just coming on like crazy and I'm still not connecting the dots. But I'm lying in bed, and in 2019, in December, I'd been at a in a, a green building conference in Toronto called Construct Canada. It's part of their program, and I'd seen a whole display on hemp building materials, and I talked a lot. I, I learned a lot about hemp building materials, and I wrote about hemp insulation, and um, and um, these are insulation blocks that are are actually manufactured. I kid you not, in asbestos, Quebec. Oh, the irony. Yeah. So um, so Asbestos Quebec, who it, it is actually trying to change its name. I don't know if they've been able to change it yet because of that the connotation. That's with terrible. Asbestos. Yeah. So so asbestos, uh, it is where the original mine is. That's why the insulation is called asbestos or the material. Um so uh the there were these farmers, super nice guys. Um, who uh, had this company that makes hay bales or hemp bales for insulation. And then I started talking to some other farmers and some other people about it. And it turned out to be such a cool material. I know another pun. Um, so <laughs> I didn't even see that one coming. <laughs> so um, it turns out that hemp um, and there are other natural building materials that do this too. They absorb, they moderate the humidity and the temperature within a building, within a, within a range. So it the hemp is able to absorb and release um, temperature and humidity to keep a room at a really comfortable temperature. And I just, I'm in bed one night going, oh God, I wish they made something for my night, night sweats that would do the exact same thing. So off go the covers, on go the covers all night long, just, just a mess. And, and then I thought, finally, one day I don't, again, because I'm in denial, I refuse to deal with this problem that has now been going on for two years. And then finally, one day, this is actually, again, in 2019, or maybe a little earlier, I go into a store and I, I finally say, you know what, I've got to um, change my nightgown because this polyester, my hand-me-down polyester nightgown is causing problems. And, and this is based on the hemp um, information that I already had. I knew that it was trapping all that heat and sweat next to my body and keeping me absolutely miserable. So I go in and I think, ding, cotton, cotton's going to do the job. And I buy this cotton nightgown and I sleep in it for a month and I finish the month and, and it, the cotton is all sweat stained. It's clinging to my body every morning. Uh, sometimes I have to change in the middle of the night. It's so bad. And my sheets are so, it's just awful. And I thought, wait a minute, why isn't the cotton working? It's breathable. I don't understand. And that led me down the rabbit hole of fabrics. And I had to understand why some fabrics are better than others for managing heat and moisture. And it turns out that cotton loves water. So cotton doesn't like to get rid of water. Cotton loves to hold on to it. That's why nobody wears cotton in the gym anymore. It's because it sticks to water. It's really, really super absorbent, but it doesn't like to let it go. So it's slow drying. And what you need is something that not only regulates 
the um, the sweat that you're generating, it has to regulate the heat as well. Because with night sweats, again, now I've really gone into a ton of research, your, um, your body temperature peaks, and then it actually drops below basal temperature, body temperature, which is your normal temperature. And that's one of the reasons you get chilled. It's not just because you're wearing cold and damp nightwear, it's also because your body temperature drops before it picks back up and goes to regular body temperature. So there are two reasons that you're chilled after a night sweat. And um, so I'm thinking about all this uh, and somewhere in there, I think, you know what, I'm going to look for a hemp nightgown for me. And so I go online um, because the cotton wasn't working. I didn't want polyester. I didn't, I wanted something that was going to be natural. And I look up hemp nightgowns, can't find anything. And I'm shocked. I thought, where is the store for menopausal women with all the stuff that we need to get us through this horrible, this horrible phase in our lives? Boy, was I grumpy. Trust me, I was, I was pissed. I was so grumpy. I bet. It's such a gaping hole. And the thing that's so beautiful is that it was your curious mind, your passion for green products, green living, green lifestyle, green impact on the environment, everything. And all of it that led you to be so curious and to really dig into this. But it's shot, you're right, it's shocking. If it's now it seems obvious for you, and yes. there's not a solution out there to accommodate, you're probably thinking, somebody smart must have figured this out already. Exactly. That is exactly what I'm thinking is I can't believe this hasn't been done. There are 500 million women around the world in menopause or going through menopause in some stage of it, and no one has figured this out, where are the natural materials? Where is the stuff that's already been made that's been out there for years? I actually wanted to avoid any high-tech fabric. Um, we have a massive problem with um, polyester and microplastics, and the problem is just getting worse. So I, I didn't want to go down that road. But what happened was, as I'm looking for a, a hemp nightgown for me, I started thinking about the type of product and business that I wanted to create. And, you know, it's it's finally that swirling mess in my brain is finally coming together, except I end up going, oh, I'm going to make sheets. I'm going to make hemp, um, hemp-based sheets. And um, I didn't end up going down that road because the, uh, the cost of making hemp-based sheets was actually the the investment level was a lot more than if I started with something like sleepwear. Um, one nightgown takes about a meter, a meter and a half of fabric, but sheets you're looking at uh, probably about four or five meters and hemp is not a cheap material. And one of the reasons it's not that cheap is because it's just not that common. Um, we stopped growing it in North America in the 1920s because of its similarity to cannabis. And uh, it came back starting in Manitoba in about nine, uh, 2000 and I think 2011 or 2012. And Manitoba is the largest producer of hemp in North America. But lots and lots of provinces and states have now cottoned on to it. Wow. So, okay. That's very interesting. But how did you make the leap from starting to look at nightgowns, thinking sheets were the solutions, and then that epiphany? of where to take a business? Well, um, yeah, good question. You know what? It was doing some research online and seeing what the demand was. So menopause sleepwear, for instance. 
that has a huge demand. But the way it's being filled right now, I'm not actually all that. I, I'm looking at what the the stuff that's on the market is, and I'm thinking, um, well, no one's using hemp, and I think it's a more effective material than the stuff that's being used, because bamboo rayon is actually just rayon, and you get none of the benefits of bamboo in that bamboo rayon. And there's a, an FTC article that was written in 2009 that says, don't get bamboozled by bamboo. And <laughs> the whole idea, I know, and they're doing puns as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, the midlife crowd, we do like a good pun. <laughs> So, so I thought, well, that's really interesting. And rayon is a breathable material because bamboo, the way it's called bamboo, 90% of the bamboo that's on the market is actually just rayon. And the FTC in the US made sure finally in, I guess, 2009, that anybody who called their fabric bamboo has to call it bamboo viscose, which is a, just an alternate form of bamboo rayon. And it's got so many chemicals in it, as the FTC says, that there is not a trace of any bamboo left in that rayon when you are wearing it. Nothing. So wow. the, yeah. uh, the effects that you are feeling are just due to the rayon. In other words, if you are feeling cool and comfortable in your nightgown, you can easily go to Walmart and spend 20 bucks and get a rayon nightgown and it will have the same effects as the one that you are wearing, if you are looking at it from a breathability and a moisture wicking perspective. So, um, so that's something that is not well known. Um, most of the green marketers out there or are doing a ton of greenwashing about it. So I wanted to stay, plus I don't actually like the feel of rayon. I find a friend of mine describes rayon as wet lettuce. So it's just, very, it's very, it's very clingy to your body. And it's not it's not a texture that I particularly like. It's it's got too soft a hand and too much drapeability. And and so then I started doing more research. And the more research I did, the less impressed I was. There are a couple of really highly reputable brands out there in the menopause sleepwear market, but the majority of them are are less than impressive. So I just thought, no, I don't, I don't need to compete with the really, with the reputable brands because they're doing a really good job at, at uh, targeting their market. I just need to help women understand why there are benefits to some fabrics over others. And, and so, you know, one of the consequences of that is that my nightgown is significantly more expensive than what you can find on Amazon. And, and that's because they are using, I'm sorry to say, crappy $12 rayon and I am using a hemp organic cotton blend and our nightgowns are all made in Montreal. I really want to do this well. I want to start a business on a good ethical foot so that we are always um, as environmentally friendly as we can possibly be. So that was when you're building a business, you have that opportunity at the very beginning to set into place all the values that you hold. Yeah. And you know, and you can help others sleep better at night. So you can sleep better at night knowing that your nightgown is ethically made and environmentally friendly and that we're doing everything we can to um, provide a responsible product. That's amazing. But still, I want to know, I want to hear that moment where you went, wait, sheets aren't going to work. I'm going to make a smaller sheet, basically, a nightgown. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. It was when I got my first quote in 
for making sheets and my heart went into my throat and I thought, can I really take that kind of money out of the family savings, the nest egg to invest it in this business? And so I kept thinking about that and thinking about that. And then I, I thought there has to be a better, there has to be an alternative. There has to be another way to go about this and still provide a decent product. And that was when I started looking for smaller solutions. And I had, I think at that time, I had a business coach through this online course that I had looked at and we went through it together. And so they kept saying, well, let's take a look and see what the research is. If you can't sell sheets, maybe you could sell towels. Maybe you could sell, um, they're, they're thinking small, right? Like maybe you could sell sleepwear, something along those lines. And then we started thinking, well, maybe we could white label somebody else's sleepwear, right? Which is another way to do it, to experiment. No one else makes sleepwear made out of hemp and organic cotton. So you can't white label it. So you've got to, you've got to make your own. So yeah. that, that was really how it, it was really a matter of cost. I can't provide this product because I'm not willing to risk this amount of money into it. So I will provide another product where that is smaller and needs less of an investment to see if it works. That's, yeah. that's really how I did it. I love your story, Kathy. I really, really do. And you've given us such a great um, background to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur, what it's really like to to toss around some of these ideas and be oblivious to what is so obvious in hindsight that you were passionate about this. You're passionate about this. You've got this problem. You're dealing with it all so intensely. And yet, it wasn't so obvious to you. And then you start asking yourself better questions and it's just, it's just so great. So I just, I just love your story. Like I said, because it's so honest and authentic about what it's really like to have a challenge, come up with a solution and then help other people. So tell us your biggest lesson in your whole experience over the last, probably, I don't know, 15 years or so. Um, I think it's, you know what it is for me, it was you only live once, you have to try whatever it is that is gnawing at you, um, even if you fail, because um, failure just helps you find another pathway. And if you don't try it, you are always going to look back. And I have this saying in my head, which is regret stems from chances not taken. So if you take that chance, then you won't have a regret, even if you fail, because you have tried what is at the back of your head, that passion. And for me, it was always, I think I'd really like to start a business. And, and I, I was too afraid to admit it to myself. But when the pandemic gave me that opportunity, um, I, I'm glad that I did it, whether or not I, I fly or, or not. It, it's actually almost a, a sidebar, like, okay, well, it worked, it didn't work. I've learned so much. I've met amazing people. And I've had a lot of fun. So I think that if you can accomplish all those, and I provide a great product for women in need. And, oh, it is and gorgeous. I've seen it. I've worn it. It's fantastic. And it's so funny that you just said fly, given the number of bird related issues we had on this episode. <laughs> so what's the best way to get a hold of you and your products? Uh, well, you can find us at uh, Cool Your Sweats. Dot com and um, you can reach me at Kathy at coolyoursweats.com if you have any questions or comments. Um, Kathy with a C and uh, yeah, or find us on Facebook and um, Instagram. Amazing. And this is just a personal note, but Kathy's moving back to Toronto, right? 
Yes, I am. So I'm July. looking forward. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. We'll go for a walk. We'll stay Definitely. connected. It's going to be great. Kathy, you've been an absolute delight. Best of luck with everything you do. Thanks so much, Susie. It was great talking to you. Okay, that's it for this episode. I bet you were a little surprised to see how Kathy's experience and expertise with green building supplies led to comfy nightgowns for sweaty midlife gals. <laughs> I'm so fascinated hearing stories like this, I have to say. I always talk about this on the podcast that if you're stuck, you're likely already on the right path. You just don't see it. And that's exactly what happened to Kathy. She had all of this experience and skill with green building supplies and all of this knowledge. And it, it was just really easily applied to sleepwear. But who knew? <laughs> she kept leaning in, though. She was curious. And it all got her where she is now in a beautiful place to help beautiful midlife women just like you. I got to say, I love my nightgown. I wear it all the time. It is just so comfortable and it definitely helps me sleep better. So as you know, this podcast is all about how to love your life again after 50. It's really all about coaching you to be more intentional and to incorporate mindfulness into your life as a regular practice. This is how you put yourself on your agenda. My focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck, clear, and focused on your current values and priorities so you don't have regrets. I can totally help you create the success you're looking for. That's why I created the Women in the Middle Academy with you in mind, because it's a warm, supportive, and fun coaching community of like-minded women who grow forward together. It's totally possible to feel great about your roadmap to a more fun, meaningful, and regret-free next chapter. Email me your questions and let's talk about it and see if it's for you. Go ahead and book your free no-obligation momentum call at www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. And if you want to treat yourself to a midlife vision board coaching pack to help you create what you really want in your life, head over to my website at susierosenstein.com forward slash shop. And finally, for show notes and links, head over to susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and look for episode 334. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.